0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chris and Andre Show. Welcome to the Chris and Andre Show. This is episode 18. Um, Yeah, I'm going to do this because I I probably won't get another chance to do this anytime soon, but Chris is lacking on (laughs) getting episodes out. So, this is really episode 18. You're probably hearing all these episodes in succession. You are.
1: But... Well, okay. Let's put it this way it's <laughs> been a week since Andre and I talked, it's been at least three weeks since you heard from us. Um, and yeah, no, that was not a bare naked lady reference. Although, wow, the fact that people now refer to them as BNL kind of frustrates me. I mean. Yeah, did you, yeah, know, that? I, did you I, know that was a thing? I mean, yeah. I know that's some white people shit, but yeah, that is. <laughs> that <laughs> I was is like, yeah, I would have. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> you left me all alone on that one, bro. I was like, yeah, I don't have to deal with that. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, and I, I don't want to give him a hard time, but you can always catch up on some of our ramblings on the Chris and Andre Show. I'm sorry, ChrisandAndreShow.com. Um, we're all probably definitely. After this week, get back into a, a decent writing groove. You know um, why we
1: don't have the in front of our name on on the website? Because we're not some like pretentious assholes like Ohio State <laughs>
0: University. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I'm sorry, the Ohio State the Ohio, University. Yeah, get it right. Yeah, I'm sorry. I uh, I did. I, I think I've definitely weaned myself out of off of Twitter. So you'll probably hear the hear the most from me. And see the most from me if you're if you care on our blog, on our website.
1: I think yeah, that's uh man, social media during this quarantine. I wonder how much people are gonna like take a break when all this is as things start to, like, open up, if people get off of social media more or if they maintain yeah. that, like, if it's that, you know, that much. I, myself, have just been finding it ever more frustrating and lacking in substance. Yeah. Um. The more and more time that I spend on it, and which is leading me to spend less time on it, which I think is ultimately a good thing, but
0: yeah I've actually gone back to Google News and you know if I want to do like some mass sharing, I can definitely take advantage of Twitter from there but I'm definitely filtered from all the the crap and garbage I'm not suckered <clears throat> pardon me into going into the comments, which is probably what gets my blood pressure up
1: that is the worst I mean that's where Twitter I think. Really takes the cake. It used to be Facebook, if I'm honest. Like Facebook comments used to be the worst because that's where you saw your friends and family make asses of themselves. <laughs> um, now with Facebook groups, I think it's a lot like Twitter. Um, but I I just did a massive purge of my Facebook like accounts that I follow. I do, I'm doing the same thing with uh, Instagram. I haven't gotten to Twitter yet because I don't spend. I, I Twitter is one of those things where it's like I don't spend a lot of time I don't go to it often but when I do go to it I'll spend way more time on it than I should you know what I mean like yeah which can be really frustrating because I don't it's like I, I I'll get oh it was really frustrating me yesterday because I had they kept telling me I had a notification I just had a <laughs> stupid little badge I was like you've got a notification I'm like I go in and I'm like no and I keep checking like the our shows thing because i'm like well maybe it's on the other one nothing there i'm like well i only have those are the only two twitter accounts that i have so like how can i not have a notification on either of those and yet still have a notification so i quit the app it goes away five minutes later it's back and i'm like (laughs) what the hell (laughs) so finally i think i figured it out it was like an update to their terms of service or something like that and then I just wasn't getting the little pop up yet, but the notification was showing that like I needed to go there. So probably just a timing error on their end, but
0: um. everybody's updating their terms of service right now. I'm not really sure what the, uh, I think I may have missed any news about that. And it could be the California law that may have gone into effect. I I know that the U S is still, not uh, subject to gdpr um
1: yeah you know it's funny you mentioned that because i downloaded a, an app the other day and was i'll be honest it was a game um <laughs> and i went into the settings at one point just to look at something and right. one of the little squares options just is gdpr and it's got a lock on it and i was like interesting like it's that wow. i mean because you know we dealt with that um, way back when. Yeah. Um, even though, despite our best efforts, uh, nobody <laughs> wanted to listen to us um, and do anything to actually prepare for it um, until like the week before when it was like,
0: "Oh, that was great! A great move! Finally, <laughs> a great move!"
1: Yeah. Good times. Great oldies. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, that's the new name, Dees. Dees. I'm down with that.
1: Old D's. Old D's. Old D's what? Old D's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> old D's. I couldn't resist. Yeah. Um. So, you eat anything delicious lately?
0: Cooking. You know what? I've been... Um, I've been trying to get back into the habit of cooking. I just, I haven't. <laughs> like, uh, my wife's on a new diet, and so now we're all eating different stuff. My daughter is, my daughter, is, they're, they're both pescatarian, which makes dinner kind of weird anyway. Um but you're now looking it's at like, them like murderers. Yeah. Okay. How <laughs> yeah, could you?
1: The, what did that fish ever do to you?
0: I know, right? Uh, it doesn't... I mean, I can't do that. I'm just, I am I, I like to sleep. <laughs> I, I, I don't... I mean, it's one of those things. Like, you know, I...
1: Jokingly, I don't really understand the idea of being a pescatarian. Like... How is it that you kind of go, well, I don't eat any of these other animals, but these ones that live in water, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, if I can't drown it to kill it, then it's okay if I eat it. <laughs>
0: well, I, that's a fair point. There was a, a, a documentary that talked about the fishing industry in the United States. And I literally, if you remember, I was going to be vegetarian. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I kinda of like seafood, you know, I like ceviche and there's some, you know, dishes I enjoy to eat. But I watched this documentary and I'm like, Okay, that's just wrong. How we're getting fish, how we're over you know, over farming the oceans, it is kinda of weird. And the fun little nugget that most of our fish comes from China in the first place, which doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. So it's like and I'm good, hard pass. Then I was like, Well, you know, at least I can eat eggs. <laughs> <laughs> Another documentary. I'm
1: like, I can't what the
0: yeah, I can the health. Yeah, what the hell It killed me. I was like, yeah, I'm good. like I just can't I just won't. Um, yeah, so no, I haven't anything unique. I had a veggie uh, like uh, lasagna and that was kind of good. but I've actually actually I take that back. There's the Morning star makes this pretty cool breakfast sandwich that I've been a big fan of. Like the yeah. sausage, egg and cheese. So uh, that's my one of my new go-tos. Uh, other than that, not really. <laughs> what about you?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, we were down at Carolina Beach this last weekend for my dad's birthday. They had, I mean, the beaches and everything had opened up. Um, people were. I was honestly pleasantly surprised with how well people were general generally kind of like maintaining social distancing. Right. Um, you know, we didn't we had a very small group of people. Um it was like my sister and her husband and his brother and mom and aunt and then my family. Um so we were I think right at 10 if I'm not mistaken, 9 or 10. So, you know, technically under the limit. Um <laughs> Yeah, that's good. <laughs> but you know, we, um. I mean, none of them are vegan. My sister was vegan for a little while along with her husband. They're vegetarian, but not even really. I mean, I guess they're kind of pescatarian. Like, they'll eat fish and stuff like that, but won't, uh, don't really eat chicken or meat anymore. Um, I didn't think to ask her, you know, kind of her thoughts on it. I think for them it's, and maybe it's the same for your wife and, and daughter, like, it's easier
0: no, my wife's from Kayao, so... So it's, is a, it's just a big, big part of... It's a big part of her her diet, so yeah. for her to give up, like, um, some meats was, you know, I still hear about it, um, but... I, and, I for, you know, I think it's
1: it's one of those things, right, like, it, I think you and I both, it was so funny that it happened at, like, the same time that we both were like, oh, I think I'm just going to go vegan. Um, yeah. But I think you realize it is one of those things it's a lot like when I decided to quit smoking like you just have to make that decision and once you right. do like it becomes a lot easier you know like right. the things that you miss you figure out how to how to replace it you know and I guess like fish isn't one of those things fish was I because I just don't eat fish I have never been a big fish eater right. um that The smell and taste of fish just always reminds me of, like, that garbage smell at the ocean. Like, not like a fresh ocean. You know what I mean? Like Like
0: Jersey. Yeah,
1: exactly. Like, it just reminds me of Jersey Shore. I mean, the Jersey Shore. Um But yeah, like I just, I don't know. I, I've never been a big fish guy. There were there were moments where like I tried doing like fish tacos with tilapia and yeah. I liked it for like a month. And then it's like I ate it so much in that time period because I liked it that I just, I got to, the, I was like, uh nope, don't like this anymore. This is officially lost its appeal to me. Um, shrimp was one of the few things that I would eat. Uh, like crab dip, you know, if it was like all with all the cheese and everything, um, I would eat that. But again, like now that I'm vegan, those, those aren't big things that I was, I had to work hard to replace. Cheese was a big one, which, you know, fortunately figured out between cashews and store-bought vegan cheese. Um, and then burgers were the other one, you know, and um, we had been doing BurgerFi and ordering because they're right down the street from us for a long time. We actually recently switched to Burger Twenty One because they have the Impossible Burgers versus the Beyond. What
0: Burgers. Which are so good. Man. The
1: Impossible is so much better. Like it's just. I think they're both.
0: I I think they're both on par with each other.
1: The The Beyond I, is not bad. I, I, I I don't want to talk bad about it, but, and maybe it's just something else about the way that burger 21 prepares it. it, But there's, there's like a certain level of that char on the impossible that I think comes through better. And it just has almost like a beefier taste. I think than the beyond the beyond has a little bit more of like,
0: like a veggie burger flavor. That's that's true and i i think that you're i mean because i've ordered the uh, from uh red robin because we don't have either one of those stores and restaurants in uh in apex yeah uh but their impossible burger is so good man it's yeah. it's like it's,
1: it's, i i somebody this weekend was talking about that um like oh, asking it and i haven't tried it yet it's on my list so i'll i'll have to give that a shot
0: it is so good i'm like yeah that's totally worth it it's <laughs> it's,
1: it's kind of crazy i mean Everybody seems to be jumping on board that alternative meat or meat alternative uh, bandwagon lately. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've been seeing, like, Rain Red Robin and, you know, Burger King have been doing it, um, BurgerFi, Burger21, like, all these places that do burgers, I think. It, but even at the store, like, I just see m- more and more plant-based products and stuff like that, although they are the sons of bitches so- – try sneaking egg white and shit in there. And I'm like, how can you plant based? Yeah. I'm plant based in that. Like 99% of my part. stuff is made from <laughs> plants, except for this one thing that's totally made from animals, but that's okay because you're just a vegetarian, right? No, I'm a freaking vegan. You. Sorry,
0: it's honestly. uh, it's, I know the whole, so we, I don't want to call myself again, Jimmy, the Greek, but when this, when the stores started to get crammed and, and product was getting off the shelves, I remember saying our supply chain is going to break and it's very fragile. And I was wondering even like a couple months ago, how safe, what's the potential risk of catching COVID-19 from a meat product? Mm -hmm. And obviously maybe the, the animal may not carry it, but the person prepping the animal may carry it and it may stay in the fleshy meat of whatever products you're about to eat. And it's got a, a, a life's, a life's, uh, uh, system the, there you know, on the product. Yeah. So it may not die in 14 days or whatever that, you know, period is. So I just think that, um, you know, as people start to look around their kitchens and they start to get concerned about meat. It makes sense to be able to get an alternative to, the products you may have gotten. Um, well,
1: and I think, you know, you look at the fact that President Trump felt compelled to sign the executive order declaring meat processing plants, you know, essential businesses. Yeah. Because without that, those places were going to shut down, which I think is, you know, it's so interesting, right? That they're basically like, Hey, we got to close because this is getting really bad. And the president is like, uh, yeah, I know it's getting really bad, but, uh, we kind of need you guys to keep making meat. So (laughs) could you all get back to work? Like, Oh, and when I I say, could you, I (laughs) mean, you all will get back to work right now
0: because
1: (laughs) otherwise you're in deep shit.
0: (laughs) I mean, I don't, I don't know. I think that, uh, here's one thing I do. I do think we should stop calling, uh, alternative meats, fake meat because they're not fake meat. It's no. just an alternative to what you would typically eat. And I, I just think that's kind of, um, I just think it's kind of rude. I mean, I, I get the, the, the clickbait, but if you're out there, just like, I don't talk about like your, what you eat. It's like, don't call it fake meat. It's not fake. It's actually pretty good if you try it. Um, but I do see that the potential of, you know, As a market opportunity, I think that alternative meats have a good place to go. Uh, it's gonna, it's what we're currently going through is gonna probably change the landscape of what people expect when they go to the grocery store, what they expect when they go to a restaurant. Uh, I don't know how far off it'll be to get like an alternative steak (laughs) or alternative chicken wings, like that are really chicken wings, but I mean, then you've like you care you cover the gambit there, you know. Well, you
1: think about it. Uh, I mean, kind of historically, right? In the United States, supply chain shortages or breakages have have had enough of an impact to f- change like our behaviors, you know. Right. Uh, I mean, you look at the '70s when we had the gas shortage, right? What came out of that? More fuel efficient vehicles right you know um and i think this is another example where because of the strain that was put on the supply chain and the fact that we weren't able to continue producing and and providing the things that people were used to um you know people did start seeking alternatives and i think it you know it couldn't have really come at a better time for them right that or the industry that supplies that stuff because the products are actually decent you know i mean 10 years ago <laughs> that no stuff no. was not <laughs> yeah. um but these days there's so many options and so many places actually carry it you don't have to go to whole right. foods or some specialty store like you know food lion and and harris teeter and Publix. like all carry a consistent and and pretty
0: decent supply of vegan options um What shocked me about the, you know, even the the struggles we're having with our supply chain is the fact that farmers, well, two things. One, most of our farmers are subsidized by the government, number one. Number two, that uh, for some reason they were just destroying whatever product that may be. And I actually watched a news story where a farmer euthanized uh, a a handful of pigs. I think it was like 300 or so. Yeah, just a and I, I was, in my mind, I'm thinking, all right, nothing technically has to change. You can actually, you you have the product there. Because people aren't purchasing the volume doesn't mean that you can't still prepare the product. And maybe the end destination goes to a different place. Maybe it's not to a Harris teeter but maybe it's to a, a food kitchen right maybe it's not to a restaurant but it's to a homeless shelter maybe it's not to you know these consumer grade places but to other things that our system still needs that are part of our supply chain so that you know it kind of blew my mind that their the first reaction wasn't to try to um, basically stop some of the bleeding but just to destroy the product which didn't make sense to me
1: no i mean that is mind-boggling you know and that's i think you know pretty pretty indicative of the the american culture in general you know just like that disposable culture of like you know anything that is inconvenient let's just throw it away right you know that let's not try to find the proper solution for this um you know It's like batteries, right? How many people just chuck batteries in the trash can? (laughs) Because it's not convenient to keep them in a bag or whatever and then take them to a recycling place every so often. It's it's like if, if they didn't come and get recycling at the street, how many people do you think would actually bother separating stuff out? I mean, they do that, and people still don't bother separating stuff out. So that should give us some indication, I think, of just how incredibly lazy
0: (laughs) self-centered Americans can be. (laughs) Well, you know, aside, I mean, that's, you know, um, aside from that, I I still think it's exciting. Um, It gives me hope that there will be innovation in the plant-based food uh, market and the options that will continue to come out will be awesome. You know, whether it's uh, plant-based sausage type breakfast meats and things of that nature. It's all pretty cool to me. Yeah. So, you know, I feel pretty good about the, the future of the, um, of where we are with alternative meats and yeah, I'm excited.
1: Yeah. It's, um, you know, I think it's, I'm excited to see how this, again, what impact this, uh, pandemic and everything and the and the effects that it's had on the supply chain have overall as we go forward. You know, I think, There's going to be a lot of change, hopefully, coming out of this pandemic if uh, you catch my drift um, (laughs) talking to you
0: voters. (laughs) It's time for politics.
1: I can't imagine that there are any of those closet Trump voters left who look at what's happened here and his response to everything and think that four more years is warranted. You know, like I just, I, I can't, as much as you may not like Joe Biden, I think, you know, it's, it, you, you, how can you like Trump any better? I just, President Trump, excuse me.
0: God, yeah, I, so I to remember to say that. I am, I'm at my wits in with the president. Um, what blows my mind is, um, basically like the Obamagate thing <laughs> I'm like dude you're stretching there you're like making stuff up and then for it to quickly fizzle out one thing I did notice is that I've actually seen the uh, the, the quote unquote main street media, media shift since the daily press briefings have stopped yeah. and I can kind of see why people are very critical of that shift and how they try to uh, make the news cycles somewhat entertaining for ratings, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know if it's really I don't think it's helping the president, but I also don't think it's helping the cause of journalism itself. Um, it, it's kind of petty at some at some levels.
1: yeah, um, I, I agree. you know I think that's been one of the really frustrating things to watch over the last four years. and even I mean, the year, you know, leading up to the 2016 election. Right. You know, just the, the the way that they the, the mainstream media seemed to just kind of relish the opportunity to have that type of show to cover instead of recognizing the potential danger that it presented and right. trying to not vilify, right? But to be objective, in their coverage. And that's where, you know, because it, it's not about, I don't believe that it's about, you know, well, you have to present both sides of the story. There's not always, like, you know, validity to the other side of the story. I don't think you need to cover that. Like, <laughs> you know, I, there's no reason that anybody should be spending time on the Obamagate stuff other than to say there's absolutely no evidence that points to any of this being true right next next or even better sure obama knew what was going on right that there was some investigation into flynn because he's the freaking president unlike
0: our current president that has absolutely no idea what's going on (laughs) what's funny about there's there's two things one that's funny is like when reporters ask president trump about uh people that may have been dismissed his response is i don't know who the guy is that's the first i ever heard of his name i'm like my dude, you're playing yourself. Yep. And then secondly, I think that um, I personally think they should let President Trump talk in front of a camera every day, every day, and for the people to watch, they're gonna be like, "Yo, this guy's a clown. He's a he's a straight up clown." Yeah. I mean, I
1: think I think if you do it in a setting where he has to interact with reporters, yeah, you know, like I think. Part of the issue with the coverage, you know, of the election leading up to 2016 was that they like the coverage of the, the um, rallies, you know, like the campaign rallies where it's just up him up there shouting and, you know, talking just, you know blindly for hours like at the press conferences where he's having to deal with real issues now like yes 100 and then because at the end he either has to answer reporters questions or you know actively look like he's dodging them um <laughs> and i think so yeah I, I wholeheartedly agree like there's there's no reason that they shouldn't continue to cover him at this point <laughs> like it's yeah, not what? it's Why not and grumble? again do it objectively like just just cover it and well if, you
0: you all everybody knows where it's gonna end up. Yeah. And that's like the funny part. It's like we all know where this is gonna like you can't give that guy three and a half minutes without him like verbally flailing around in his own head. Yeah. You know? Well, and the truth um, is
1: that, that you're never gonna convince the people that are still on his side right now that he's anything but what they see him as. You know?
0: I don't I don't I don't know if that's altogether true. I, I, I think that the fringe group Right, the, the the Fox and Friends group, yeah, they're they're probably are they're they're just committed to that ideology. If I'm being honest,
1: well, but that's just, I mean, and because Fox News is not going to turn against the incumbent Republican president, you know, like,
0: but they're not even news, like not No, no, no. Not, I mean, like, I know, know that they're not news, but I'm just saying, no, the, what, the I'm the like that this, they reach. This is, this is my frustration. Hannity is not a journalist. No, none of them are. Like they're the, TV the, personalities. The Fox, News, the Fox News segment is like a two-hour block from like four to six, I think. Sounds right. And those are actually journalists. But when you when we start saying that Hannity said this or uh, they judge whatever that crazy lady's name is said oh. this. Yeah. It's like, who cares? Rush Limbaugh said this. Who cares what Rush... Those are just talking heads that have no... They, they're they making money off of your interest and very extreme, fantastic BS. And all you're doing
1: is giving them additional reach yep. by promoting what it is that they say. Yeah. So you're absolutely right. I mean, ultimately, who cares what it is that these talking heads say? Even the journalists on Fox News, ultimately, who really cares what it is that they say let let the Fox News viewers determine who should be <laughs> the, the journalists there. but you know, like there's absolutely no reason to to pay any attention to the rest of the to to any of those clowns
0: like, I mean that's strictly entertainment. It's like uh, and i I kind of see this even on the CNN side if you look at their coverage, yeah. That's, and that's part coverage. of the frustration, All you know, news is
1: entertainment MSNBC, I think is the same way, you know, or, oh. or, or, or yeah, MSNBC, where it's like the, the morning Joe and stuff like that. Those guys do a lot of the same stuff, unfortunately, yeah. you know? And I think, you know, I, I just, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's really frustrating because it, in my mind it just reinforces in the heads of those people who believe that the that the entirety of the mainstream media is you know out to get us and to prevent us from having information that we should have when ultimately the job of the main of the media is just the opposite right like the the whole reason that we that that the freedom of the press is one of the, is the first you know, of the Bill of Rights, or one of you know, part of the First Bill of Rights, is because that's such an important device Which, within our country in terms of
0: journalism and the free press with media entertainment.
1: Well, yeah, that that you're absolutely right. Those are two completely different well, things.
0: Yeah, it, it those are not even remotely the same. And if people, and I, I get why people are they gravitate to these personalities and. Like because people my wife, want my wife to is in love with Chris do, Cuomo right? and his brother now, which drives me crazy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you know, I can say out of out of the personalities on CNN, the only one that actually presents a good case against the BS is Chris Cuomo. Everybody else, you know they they have an agenda. Based on the ratings they're trying to get. Now, i I may agree or disagree with. I, mean, I, I may agree with their facts, but they're not being journalists. Sure,
1: they, there, there's really much not. more
0: of an entertainment factor to it. I right. agree.
1: So, I mean, if especially you look, you look at, you look at a guy like Don Lemon, and I love Don Lemon at times. You know, like it. it. I like the fact that he just kind of does does and says whatever seems to be on his mind I and mean, that he doesn't mind being that guy who just sits at the t- camera and stares at it for 30 seconds while, <laughs> without so saying weird, anything.
0: You know? It's
1: hilarious. You know? it's, it's bananas. It's, it's wonderful entertainment is what it yeah. is. But what I don't do is I don't watch Don Lemon and go, wow, well, I now accept that as, as you know, the gospel and I'm going to move forward through life, believing what I just heard from him. And no matter what anybody says to me, I'm not going to believe otherwise. Like, that's what I just I just don't understand. Is this, you know, the, it's the same thing with like with other celebrities, right? Like it's no different than, you know, sitting there going, "Well, Gwyneth Paltrow says that you know crystals will heal my child team. and I shouldn't vaccinate them, so why don't I just listen to her?" Like, well, because she's not a scientist. Like, <laughs> she has no background for any of this stuff. It, to the point where she has a Netflix show where she makes fun of herself for how crazy it is that she has a whole freaking product line built around this crap.
0: Right. It's uh, it's it's sad to say, but you know, I I don't want to diminish um the intelligence of people. I I I try not I don't to think do you that. have to. But they do I, a
1: great job of that. As. Is. <laughs>
0: But I I wonder sometimes, are people just like, they're like, they just want to be entertained. I'm watching this special that Don Lemon and Van, um, I don't remember his last name, they did about the color of COVID. And I'm thinking, okay, now we're going to have an expose and look at the impact of COVID-19 on non-white communities. I swear on my right toe, that was the biggest crock of crap. I'd ever seen in my life. Was that the
1: thing that I posted on Twitter, a, a clip of?
0: I hope not, because I, I would have
1: ignored it. Okay. Uh, I mean, it you, was didn't, just... you didn't respond to it, so maybe it
0: was. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we got, like, T.D. Jakes and some other It was just a bunch of happy speak. We got uh, Robert uh, Smith, this, this black billionaire who's almost as shady as... Uh, like most of the people on Wall Street. Uh, it, and it's like, it just pisses me off. Um, and I don't, like my wife and I were talking about Robert Smith, who uh, he actually donated, uh, he paid for the, the graduating class of uh, 2019's uh, student loan at, was it Howard? Oh, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. No, Morehouse. Oh, Morehouse. Okay. Uh, and I'm like, Okay, great. You know, but when I first heard this story, I was watching Patriot Act, and uh, they talked about that same instance, but he also made a crap ton of money on a a tax break and A tax cut. And it's like, yo, why are we giving this guy a pass? He's no better than anybody else. And on top of that, like I was telling Tachi, I'm like, yo, he's double dipping. Like he's going to write that crap off anyway. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, it's a nice thing to do, but it's not worth all the applause. I mean, I would take it if he paid off all my student debt, right? Right. But his motivations aren't pure, in my opinion. Sure. Um,
1: and it's hard. Not- I mean, it's hard, I think, to find, to- you know, completely pure motivation these days, I think. Not Not impossible. Right. But okay. I think, I was, I you know, especially in what, we, in what is celebrated, you know in in the media right from an entertainment standpoint i think is really is really disappointing um just to clear my own name no it was not robert smith it was mark lamont hill oh yeah the n-word yeah the one on who can say the (laughs) n-word he's a he's a professor at temple university um, yeah. But yeah, I I don't know. I thought that bit was a little was pretty I interesting. I saw that
0: today actually. I thought it was true. I mean, like and we kind of touched on this. It's like, yeah, I mean, you know, I may say the N-word. It's but it's not like, I don't do it a lot, but it's but like But it doesn't mean that 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 everybody can say
1: it, right? It doesn't mean yeah. that that you you may say it in a conversation with me, right? But that yeah, doesn't
0: I've mean that it. I can say it. <laughs> I've done it when I'm really upset. Yeah. I'm like this. F- did what exactly? And I mean, was,
1: you yeah. know, I I don't turn around and say it back
0: to you, like you know. <laughs> you might do a hard R. Well, the f- did. I'm like no, Chris, you you can't
1: do that. <laughs> and that's, I mean, that's after years and years of knowing each other, right? Yeah. And knowing that that if if for some reason I did say that you wouldn't take it like as yeah. a fence, you wouldn't go, "Wow, Chris has been racist this whole time," like.
0: but even then it's like i don't i don't encourage people like i use that word and i was talking to one of my sons last week and uh, i noticed that the more we talked the more we like we're talking about some cultural issues i was using the n-word i was like oh but come on (laughs) but it's not like i wasn't yeah i wasn't trying to be brash in the conversation but i know that's part of who I am, yeah, right? It's like part of how I grew up. And there's sometimes I express myself like, this d*** loss is mind. mine. And it's not <laughs> like, I'm not being racist. It's just part of my dialect. It's part of my vocabulary. I don't use it in professional settings, but understand, like the guy who was trying to argue, why can't I use the word? Dude, my dude, come on, man. No. You understand why. Like that's yeah. the whole, that's the really
1: upsetting thing to me is in that argument, those people completely understand why, right? What it ultimately boils down to is that there's like this jealousy almost, right? Like, well, I want to use it too. Why, why can't I use that word? You know, like, well, because of everything that happened, you know.
0: <laughs> least- I'll make it even simpler, bro. I'll tell you, like, I went to this uh, a diversity training session at a company I used to work at. And it was a great setup. I was like, wow, they got me, right? So when you sat down at the at the one of the tables, there were pens by some of the nameplates and some didn't have pins. And we never had to grab a pen until later on and as an exercise. Now, what's funny, what you're gonna you're gonna be like, okay, I would have never guessed that. So the instructor asked us to, you know, write something down. Please use the pins at your table. And what was really interesting was that all of the Caucasian people would just grab a black person or a minor or a Hispanic person's pen, mm-hmm. a black person or a Hispanic would ask somebody else if they could grab the pen. The white people, none of them asked anybody. Sure. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me because as they were explaining, it's like, there's a sense of entitlement in this culture. It's, not a bad thing. But well, I it think is a I mean you
1: thing. can look at the protests that are going on right yeah. now, right? Like that's that's a privilege thing. That's a sense of entitlement. This is these are people who've literally never been told no in their life without then requesting to speak to the manager and getting something for free for it. You know, like that's that's the kind of mentality that we have created in this society over and over again with shit like the customer's always right i mean like that's what creates this whole like karen mentality you know like and and i'm sorry like boomer you know moms that are upset about this you know like classification but you know uh, what was it i saw this freaking thing where a woman posted on social media how she, you know like she went to her kid's school and something like her, all the kids started calling her Karen even though that's not her name and she got really upset and so she wanted to know how what she could do if she could sue a bunch of 8-year-olds to get them Are to stop calling me? and it's like uh you realize that you're just kind of proving their point Karen like <laughs>
0: <laughs> but there's but there is some um there there's some the reflection of that, and since we we'll go back on the children's parent at the same time, right? Yeah, absolutely. It is this herd mentality of you know, let's buck the system. Let's see what we can get away with. Um, yeah, don't I let don't, any don't take don't let anybody you know
1: take advantage of you. Always get whatever you can from the system because you know the
0: system's never going to have your back.
1: Right. Nobody's ever going to look out for you but you. So don't ever
0: help anybody else out. I'll tell you what, man. I, I, I think that when, you know, I don't, I don't personally, I, I would never try to make somebody accountable for things that happened in the past, an individual. But I will say there is accountability to be, you know, that needs to happen or needs to, like somebody needs to take responsibility for that as a country. So I don't know if you listen to, uh, I put a, a podcast on, or actually a conversation with uh, actually my pastor and, and an author, which actually I learned some things from. So, you know, and I'm not trying to, against I never try to convert people. I'm just saying like, as far as like historical context around yeah. where like blacks fall in the society, it really opened my eyes. Like there were things I didn't know. I was like, yo, was that and one you had sent to me a while ago? Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. I think I did. I remember
0: listening to to a good chunk of that. Okay. And there's, but there's some realities there that when you look at like systematically as a, as a country and what we've done, we don't expect, or we don't like, and I don't say anybody individually, we don't expect or want to see the problem solved. We want to pretend like it happened, but things are okay now generally. Yep. Well, it's not true. <laughs> it's like, stop lying to yourself. I mean... The, there's
1: being optimistic and then there's being completely unrealistic right like yeah there's being blind to what the actual problem is and yeah, refusing but yet, to acknowledge
0: it <laughs> right it's it's like the it's a hypocrisy of you know i see a lot of hypocrisy like the the people that want to open up their their towns are also this or a good majority of them when they showed southern california like and maybe i said this before but these are the same people that are screaming about the environment listen to the scientists but they don't listen to the scientists when they say that you shouldn't go to the beach yeah the the hypocrisy that we can dish out and dull at at a whim it blows my mind you know uh the aubrey case where now people are acting like they give a damn about black people dying yep you didn't give a sh part you might have to bleep this out but i'm gonna be real (laughs) you didn't give a shit when like you know, the same week that news story got reported, there were two other incidents. Yeah. There was an EMT that got shot in the face in Alabama. There was a kid in like the eastern part of this state where 15 people like tried to bum rush their house. So, stop pretending like you give a shit, if I'm being honest.
1: No, right? I mean, you're absolutely right. It's not until, you know, the ACLU or somebody else gets behind it that all of a sudden, you know, it becomes something that people want to want to cheer for or not cheer for, but obviously like rally behind. And it's, it's really frustrating ultimately, you know, like, because it's not, you know, it's, (laughs) it's just a fad. It's this, it's like when everybody was taking pictures with their hoodies on to, you know, for Trayvon Martin. And it's like, nobody gives a shit anymore. Did anybody change anything? Did it, does anybody do anything about that anymore? No you know it's like uh was it the the castile guy in minneapolis yeah. you know and and all of that other stuff that happened all at the same time there and now it's like we see it all the time and it's we're right back to being desensitized to it where it's like well i mean it's still happening and you know we had marches but it didn't fix it so i guess we we'll just go back to social thing. media
0: yeah it's it's a uh, it, i just think that it's it's hypocritical you know i I find it very hard to believe you know and i care you know because i don't when i see things like that i have to worry about my kids like that that's like my reality i gotta worry about myself
1: well and i think you know it's a lot like what's going on right now with the with covid is it's like until it actually affects you right or until until you have somebody in your life that could die from it Right. Just because they caught it, not because there wasn't enough ventilators or whatever that with all right. the, you know, care in the world that they there's nothing you could do to save them until that happens to you. You feel like this isn't real, you know, like, well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to me. So why should I have to change anything in my life? Right. Why should I have to do anything? Because other people are being affected by something. Like, I'll tell you what, How man.
0: selfish. <laughs> I, you've, I've always said you've got to do life with people. You've got to do life with people. It's and so you boring
1: to. doing it by yourself.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, if you don't do life with people, you can't even understand. But I think that even – I think this election is definitely going to bring something to light, okay? Whether it's race relations, whether it's the crap that our economy is really held together by like a, a intricate – like, system of thread. But I don't give a damn about your politics. I don't care about your politics. We can probably agree we need to put some policies in place to fix problems. I don't care about your politics. But if we can agree on the on the right outcome, it doesn't matter how we get there. Yeah. And that's what we failed to get. And, and if Americans across the board decide that, you know, politics are more important than the the right policies. We'll get four more years of president Trump. Totally agreed. You know, I, I just think that politics are important, right? They're important when you can kind of collectively decide, you know, the vision of what you're trying to accomplish. The reality is the policy has got to be legit. You know, we've botched this whole, uh, stimulus plan three damn times. (laughs) I mean, at this point,
1: I think there's a certain level of intention, you know, in the botching of it. Like the, the fact that the way that things were written the first time, large corporations and churches, apparently, applied for small business loans that were that should right i mean let's be honest should not have gone to those groups now there could have been money set aside additional personally i mean we talk about separation of church and state churches don't pay taxes i don't really feel like churches should be getting money from the government but i'm i'm open to that discussion at least okay like my initial thoughts are i think it's weird for churches to
0: get money from government Life, okay. First of all, separation of church and state means there will be no state government.
1: Well, but it also means that churches don't pay taxes. <laughs> that's a that's a separate law. That's just, I mean, it's a separate law, but it's part of it.
0: No, it's not. Those are two separate laws. You okay. got it. Okay. All right, we're gonna, all right, now, um, now we're getting into this, yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding? Are those are two separate laws? Okay, right?
1: even if they're two separate laws, they're both facts, right? That there is supposed there is the, that that is true. The government so I, will I would not agree, establish a, a religion, right? Or I would agree that
0: churches should not be accepting money from the government. Okay, like, that was my but, that was my main point. Yeah, the basis of your point is kind of cloudy in my mind. Those are two separate laws. Um, are I you under-
1: saying it's cloudy because I'm white?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I understand the argument that people have with that, you know, but it's like when you, I, I don't believe in a state religion at all. I think that's weird. But I do think that there should, that churches should have some protections when it comes to uh, like their, how they manage the finances of a church on the, at the same token, I'm also very anti mega church. Right. I, I think that that is like um I wouldn't say anti i I don't really agree with the structure of mega churches I think if we get to a church gets to a point where they're buying private jets and they have uh, two or three you know acreage type campuses you probably want to check that out yeah um I mean I think what
1: and those, I think, you know, you would agree, right? Like kind of give religion a bad name, right? I mean, really? ultimately, those guys aren't really, I mean, they're certainly, they, they might be preaching their own message and living that, but they're not following, I think, the the teachings of Jesus or the Bible, right? I mean maybe some weird twisted version of
0: it. (laughs) I mean, so then, then that becomes more of a theological question, right? Like I'm going to pick, say a couple names and I'm just, why I'm not a fan of them. Joel Osteen, not a fan. TD Jakes, not a fan. Uh, And it's TD Jakes more so on a surface level, Joel Osteen more because like he doesn't really teach from the Bible. (laughs) So, uh, you know, when you look at all the scandals from a lot of the mega churches in the, in the past and especially current history, I just think a lot of that just it's taking advantage of people's faith. And I think that's fundamentally wrong. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with having a large church, no, but I do I... see something inherently wrong with, uh, there's another guy. Uh, there's a guy, something, uh, gosh, I can't remember his name now, but he's another, uh, Benny, H- Benny Hill, I believe, is his name. Uh, it's not the comedian, but there's actually um, a, a big, you know,
1: guy. It, the- um, Pat Robertson is the, the Seven Hundred Club, Family yeah. Channel guy.
0: <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just not a big fan of those, like you know, big corporate mega churches. I, well, I see I, of- what
1: what really frustrates me about that is the the message of "Give me all your money." So, or or give me money so that I can essentially, you know, Put like you up to God, yeah, <laughs> you pay me as the doorman to get you into heaven is essentially yeah. the way that this is pitched. And I totally agree. Like you're taking advantage of people's faith. You're taking of people who are in vulnerable situations where, you know, you make them believe that somehow by paying this money that either themselves or a loved one is somehow going to, you know, get better Health wise or, you know, will, you know, should they die is, you know, automatically going to be accepted into heaven and all of this stuff. And it's just like, how can you be so callous to other people? Like that's where you know, we talk about doing life with other people, and I just don't for the life of me, I cannot wrap my head around why someone would get to the point where they go, Well, this is the life I've chosen. I'm just gonna be a shyster. Like
0: yeah, and I, I want to do a correction. It's Benny Hinn, not okay. Billy. It's uh, this guy. And I'm just not down with the whole name it, claim it crap or the, you know, um, the, the, those ministries of like, you know, uh, like abundance that's outside of like even biblical texts. It's just like, what are you talking about? Like the Bible doesn't say any of that stuff. Yeah. And I, I, I find it hard to believe. Like I really do. Like, you know, if you have a large church, I'm not, it's not an indictment towards you. But I think it's also just as easy for you to fly coach <laughs> yeah. or or to fly on a fly first class if you can afford it. There's but,
1: no uh, reason you need a private jet as a right. as the pastor of a church. Like and then the whole thing is that it's, it's positioned as well this will help me to spread the message of, you know, the Lord more easily or more okay, effectively.
0: You, yeah, you and thirty
1: people on the plane, what get yeah, out of it. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, the more time I spend with Jay Z, the better. Like <laughs> Okay, uh, so that's why you need courtside Nets tickets, like
0: <laughs> yeah, those are things where it's like I I don't under... like and I don't so the, the separation. All right, here's there's a part where uh, the the Apostle Paul was talking about, you know, he was a tent maker also, so he had a day job, but he also preached the gospel at the same time. So one of my foundations and my belief is that I I don't see if somebody can do ministry full time, that's awesome, but it doesn't mean that if it's not realistic, they can't have a job and also preach the gospel without feeling like they have to take advantage of their, of their church. I mean, Jesus was a carpenter.
1: Like, right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He had to pay the bills somehow. (laughs) Yeah, And you notice he didn't go around asking for handouts. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a, you know, and that's, that's, uh, you know, like I'm, I'm, I know that that there are a lot of people that probably feel the same way that you do you know but it's it's frustrating sometimes because I feel like those types of things get overlooked a lot in religion or just you know in a lot of the the modern day churches that you see here especially in the United
0: States right yeah I just think that people don't i mean i I do believe people don't talk up I and mean, I was talking to one of my sons about something that you know, could have been a crisis of what I call a crisis of faith, right? Where there's, you know, I personally believe that if, if I have a friend or a family member that sees that I'm doing or going down the wrong path, they should say something. Just as equally as if a person says they're a believer, like you should be that quick to be like, hey, that's not right. So I I expect it to be done to me. I expect people around me to, you know, Be open to the fact that I may do it, or because I'm going to do it. Um, And I was just coaching myself, like, dude, you got to say it, man. Like, that's why we, you know, people have this perception about Christianity, especially that it's a it's a sham because people they say one thing but they do another. It's a lot of
1: hypocrisy, you know. And I think that's that's part of my been a big part of my frustration, you know, is um, growing up. I just felt like there was a lot of a lot of the message that was being taught didn't seem like it was the message that was being lived, you know? And and that's where I just kind of became disillusioned and decided that, you know, it it wasn't even so much for me like a a declaration of, well, there is no God or I don't believe in, you know, any of that. It was more just a feeling of this isn't the way that I want to kind of practice my faith, whatever faith that may be. Right. And maybe I don't, in my, you know, in my personal interpretation, I just kind of decided like, maybe I don't need a church in order to be, you know, like a, not a religious person, but like a, you know, a, a good person, you know, and that wasn't necessarily a requirement for me, but.
0: Well, even those are two separate arguments, right? That, like a person can be good, but not believe in Christ. Those yeah. are two separate like yeah. distinctions. Uh, and, that, and that's okay. And I, and, and I noticed that you struggle with the word religious person. It has nothing like your faith is your faith. Being a, a religious person is typically all about, you know, platitudes and, you know, this right, this thing, this, that, sacrament, this, sacrament. It has nothing to do with like, like. At the end of the day, you and God one on one, is that your dude, right? Let me just make it that much, because I am not a very religious person. I'm a person of faith. You know, every now and then I may, you know, swear, but it's not a bad thing. Doesn't mean I'm a, I have no faith or I don't, you know, I don't practice my faith. Right. That is a construct of like our human, uh, you know, lexicon, <laughs> where we've decided a couple words are bad and the other ones are good. Yeah. Well. How can you say that's true if you can call me a nigger? (laughs) Right? So those are like that hypocrisy, even in the way we use words is like, kind of like, Oh, you're blowing my mind there guys. Like you, you can use it. And I've seen people that are, you know, upstanding individuals, Mm -hmm. upstanding most of them, actually all of them are white where they fall in that same trap. It's like, you weren't, Oh, but I'm this, but you, you totally just fell, dude. Like, like everything you said is BS. So your but your relationship and your one-on-one with God that's on you dude it's not a, and I understand how easy it is not to believe in people right cuz I don't believe
1: <laughs> no that's true I mean that's another big part of it
0: yeah if you're being honest it's not that you have a problem with the church you have a problem with the people that are in the church well,
1: because because what is a church but a collection of people
0: that's what it really boils down to. What is a government but
1: a collection of people, right? Like, you're not really mad at the government. You're mad at the people that you've yeah. elected or that have been elected by others who are now running things. Like, that's what you you're get, upset about. You got to call for what it is, though. No, right? you're right. You're absolutely right. I mean, and it's it's i think a lack of faith in people leads to a lack of faith in the tenets of a lot of the religions that have been constructed by people over the year
0: i mean so that's that's a, very, more, that's a very fair way to look at that yeah and i'm always saying like it's not about what you can't be influenced by what people do right they can give you a surface level that's what i always tell i'm not i will never try to convert anybody because I'm least qualified to do it. But what I can hopefully do is lead a life and be like a, not even an inspiration, but like a, 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 guide mark on your journey. Like, Hey, that was actually, this guy actually showed that was possible. Maybe I can steal a little bit from what he was doing to get to where I want to go. And, Man, you, think you know, very
1: highly of yourself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You, you know I do, man. I'm all about. It's all about Andre, right? Yeah. Shut up. I don't um, think I've ever said that.
1: <laughs> or would ever say that.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think that you know, you know, to to kind of circle back when when whether you look at where we are politically, our views in our government, our views on. Uh, a lot of things that are current right now, I do think that the the secret gift that COVID-19 has given us, again, is an exposure of all the things that are broken and flawed. And in the midst of that, we had, to my knowledge, three black people get killed for, for nothing. So, it wasn't just about the economy, the, you know, the, the social inequalities, but also just the, the sheer stupidity of, of racism in this country. And like, I'm not very optimistic that we'll remember this because I remember 9-11. I remember uh, there's been a lot of instances in my life where I'm like, I'm not very hopeful that people will do something different. Yeah. And that's me being super honest. I, I'm not very hopeful at all. I mean,
1: you know, unless something different is, you know, taping a flag to the back of your truck or something like that.
0: Yeehaw
1: sports. Yeehaw. <laughs> Speaking of Yeehaw, uh NASCAR is back. Double Yeehaw. <laughs> <laughs> uh so they had their first race last weekend at Darlington. Um but probably more exciting for you, golf is coming back this coming weekend i can hardly wait i know you're so <laughs> excited no but uh i mean it's you, it's what you can easily social distance and golf well yeah clearly what, what's interesting like there's no caddies right oh man so these guys have to carry that? their own bags for once um oh so man and no crowds obviously so oh but my that's God. what i'm wondering like you know, you start looking at, so NASCAR and golf have figured out how to come back, obviously with no fans in the stands yet. And I think it'll be a while before we start to see that. Um, but what, you know, what is it going to look like when, or what is, what do you think it's going to take for sports like football, right? Is there, is there a way, like, is it, are they just wearing COVID masks, like Dr. N, you know, N95 masks under their helmets, while they're out there, and like latex gloves that they have to change out every every series, is that what it is like? Ooh, or if a player's glove comes or a mask comes off during a play, he has to exit the field and put on a new one before he can come back. He has to stay out at least one play, and he has to go into one of those little tents to change. <laughs> I don't know. I'm
0: just I'm just being stupid. that would be a mess, yo. <laughs> The game would be like six hours. No, but I'm
1: I'm serious, though, like because obviously with golf, like they got rid of caddies and tried to eliminate as many of the support people as they could while still having the game continue. In football and in other sports, I feel like there's so many other people that it's just like that's going to be so much harder for them to accomplish. And you can't just ask people to isolate because these teams are located so far apart. It's not like wrestling – you know, like Vince McMahon down in Florida convinced them that that somehow was an essential business thanks to lots of uh, donations or campaign you know, donations, I'm sure. Um, but those guys, at least what yeah. they were essentially able to do is say, well, we are going to keep everybody that is going to be part of this completely quarantined. Right. Like they're not going to go outside and see their families like they're all just going to stay here and do this for the time being. You can't like they talked about doing that with baseball for an entire season out in Arizona, which made no sense. And the players were like, yeah, we're not doing that. You're can you not going to do that with these other sports. But that's what I wonder, like, what ultimately is it going to take? Are we going to have to get back to a point where we have a vaccine or that the virus has miraculously gone away like President Trump hopes?
0: It doesn't work in a way like I can see it with golf. I can see it with uh, with NASCAR. I mean, you got guys driving around in a circle really fast. Um, yeah, the virus isn't that fast. That's how it works,
1: right? Like, I can't catch up to turn. them. Left turn. Left Bounces turn. Bounces off turn. the window. Windshield. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, the only thing you think about is your pit crews, but those guys stay pretty wrapped up anyway, right? Well,
1: yeah, and I mean, those guys right there—they had started making all those guys wear racing helmets to begin with because of some of the injuries that had occurred on pit road, and so I think that's that's an element. Yeah, I mean, those guys should have been wearing helmets.
0: Why do me. they have to think about that? Like, uh, because what? it's NASCAR.
1: Let's—I mean, I'm look. I gr- just so everybody's clear. I grew up a fan of NASCAR. My dad is a huge racing fan. Grew up in Detroit. So, I mean, Sundays were dedicated to hours of going real fast and turning left. And I love it. Like, there's an element of it that is just like the, the that has a nostalgic feel for me. And That's so awesome. I don't watch it like. Yes, you do. No, I really. I don't watch it regularly anymore. You're I lying. Will only ever watch it when I'm down at his house. You're lying. I'm not. I swear.
0: I swear you're lying. Dude. I swear you're I'm
1: kidding. not. I you're didn't lying. even it's watch it's the Darlington this race week. this weekend. Because I was busy cooking, and they didn't have it on the TV upstairs. They had it See? on the bar but downstairs. you have watched it. Well, you I would watched. have, because I was down there. And it was my dad's birthday, so it's like, you know, do some, some NASCAR stuff. But anyways,
0: love what you, NASCAR. What do you
1: do when you watch NASCAR? What do I do? I, I mean, usually I fall like, asleep. No, I mean, really, like, you're just, you're watching, I don't know. I don't really, that's the thing. That's why I don't watch it regularly, because there is no, like, regular entertainment value for me it's more like there is a nostalgia to it because there's it's
0: no what, plays. there's not like you're gonna oh he's gonna he's gonna talk i mean i know you can drift and, you, right. and so- you, you can pass right but and then there's
1: the pit stops which can be somewhat entertaining because then there's some strategy do you take two tires do you take four you know did you get enough gas did you get all the lug nuts on you know oh a lug nut gun jam so now i'm you know i came in first and now i'm in 10th or whatever um and nascar's done a lot to try and enter to make it I, more I'm entertaining not, i am
0: not picking, you're like i'm just messing with you. no i know <laughs> you
1: are but you know how i am like you start messing with me and i'm gonna actually defend
0: myself you're, um, like, the, you're like going deep on this it's like yeah they have a napkin guy the napkin guy his job is to wipe off the visor and squeegee the what the, you know you i don't say know. that
1: but there is a guy whose job it is to scrub and squeegee the grill like the front air dam because otherwise the car can overheat and they have these tear off shields for the windshields now because they get so dirty That instead of having to clean the windshields they have like four or five of them and it's literally they just rip one off and now it looks like a brand new windshield for like a lap and then it's got all this shit all over it again but
0: it's hilarious. I did, I did not know that. Yeah, I, mean, I, I know.
1: I could teach you a million things about NASCAR, and I don't even know like any of the new scoring rules. They've changed all the scoring crap in the last five years
0: because their attendance and viewership, everything is just down. I, I will say this: like I, I know that NASCAR. Uh, this had to be about twenty years ago. They were generating a lot of cash. I was in Delaware, and like. Saw the stadium there. It was like, wow, that's that's impressive. I've been to Charlotte a couple times, and their uh, I guess their their booths up top. They have conference rooms and stuff. Mm-hmm. Had a chance to look around. I was like, wow, this is really impressive. There's a lot of money in NASCAR. But to bring it all back to you know the new sports seasons, I don't know, dude. I think there are sports like NASCAR. There's golf. Uh, Tennis, possibly. There are things that you can bring back where there's not a lot of physical contact. Yeah, I can't think of anything rational, like for baseball, football, soccer, basketball. Um, basketball that makes sense. Like there's nobody can convince me otherwise. I know California just opened up all their or their no, it was Texas. They they're opening up all their sports this Friday, I believe, or mm-hmm. pretty soon. For what? You know, they're going to actually have uh, summer football camps. I'm like, for, for what? Um, and I I because guess you it,
1: don't mess with football in Texas. I, I, know. I, I know.
0: I know the real answer to that. I just don't.
1: I mean, I mean they here, say you don't mess with Texas, but you don't mess with really football, football in Texas is yeah. what they
0: really mean. I, I guess, like, I don't understand. Um, actually, let me take that back. I get the argument of we want to get back to quote unquote normal, right? I understand, I've heard the argument multiple times. Well, last year, 60,000 people died with the flu. Yep. Okay. Over the
1: course of an entire year.
0: Let's, yeah, that's my answer. It's like, you understand, that's 12 months, and we're like barely into like two months of this. And like we've we're, are,
1: we're already well over 85,000 now.
0: Yeah. So then I want to ask, you know, so I understand the people's desire to get back to like uh, what they consider normal. I understand, you know, I heard that there were some team owners that wanted to get the players to work for less money. And the players were like, no, I think that was in uh, basketball or something. I, I don't remember what sport I'm like, you know, guys, it's not that big of a deal. Like the, the reality is that, we don't know what this virus does. And even though there's a high recovery rate, there's also a higher infection rate. Like the infection rate is almost as high as actually it's it's multitudes higher than uh, the recovery rate. I mean, they've said
1: that it's one of the most efficient viruses when it comes to transmission because of how long it can last outside of the human body. And because it's a droplet, I mean, it's sneezing, coughing, you know, like breathing, just simply breathing is enough that you can transmit it. And I, yeah, I, I agree that I think there's not... There isn't really any value, you know. I mean, I or or if there is, it should automatically be outweighed by the potential loss of life. And I guess I just, you know, and I like people get get frustrated and say, well, then why do we allow people to drive in cars or why do we, you know, and I'm just
0: it's a control, those are the controlled risk, right? But...
1: Right. And nobody, nobody is asking us to do this forever. Right. What, 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 and I think where the frustration comes from, again, is a lack of communication from the white house or the president or whoever to say, Hey guys, this is the plan, right? When your governors issue these stay at home orders, the reason they're doing that is not because that's going to solve the problem, right? That's not going to stop the virus from spreading. What it will do is slow the virus from spreading preventing our hospital systems from becoming overrun to the point where people die unnecessarily, right? People will die from this. Yes. People are going to get sick from this. Yes. But what we need to do is buy us as much time as we can so we can develop the proper testing and contact tracing plan and begin work on a vaccine to understand how this works better. Like that's what we need. Right. And then to say, look, we may have to stay home a little bit longer. We don't know we're going to do, and we're going to do what we can. By the way, small, actual small businesses. Here's money from the federal government, you know, that's going to be distributed, not to banks, I'm sorry, because they should not be the ones deciding any of this stuff, but to the act to the state-level governments who will then... I mean, there's, there's freaking departments that would do this stuff. Like, <laughs> we have the infrastructure in the government t- to handle these things, and yet we botched it and said, no, give the money to banks and let them decide who actually needs this money. I... On what planet have we gotten back to where well banks are probably one of the most trustworthy institutions we have in the United States? How long has it been since they screwed us over? Oh, ten years, ten years oh, yeah, I mean it's been a decade, guys what more what more do you want how how much longer are we going to make them suffer? Yeah. <laughs> <I>
0: just... <laughs> I'll tell you what brother like I mean, you're not wrong. It's just a matter of like. I don't know, dude. Like I don't see the rush for sports. I don't, I don't have a solve. I can tell you, I'm not even armchair quarterback missing. I'm just like, yeah, we botched this and we can objectively look at it and say, yeah, that didn't make sense. We didn't even ease into this, you know, the, the recovery for small businesses. We just kind of, we botched it all. Yep. Like we, we botched every step of the way. And for the Democrats, for Nancy Pelosi, Schumer, for the Republicans, McConnell, and all the other little trolls, and that like, and I call them trolls because they're acting like a bunch of you know pansies, except for Mitt Romney. If they can't, if they can't stomach enough, like leadership, to say no, we have to do the right thing for the people, and put their politics aside, then screw them all. Yep,
1: I wholeheartedly agree. And it's funny because I had a thought the other day it's time for politics wait again where you look back at the the last couple right so the last couple of unsuccessful republican nominees for president right right so we had john mccain and we had mitt romney and i don't think I mean, I could be wrong because I don't pay a lot of attention to Republicans, if I'm being perfectly honest, in in Congress. But I don't know that you could have found two more respectable guys (laughs) to put up as your nominee. You know, I mean, John McCain, a freaking war veteran, right? And and a very well-respected senator for Arizona. And Mitt Romney, who let's be honest, has his own faults, right? But right. ultimately has proven, I think, over these last eight years that, you know, is ultimately a fairly upstanding guy. And one of the things that, that I specific because we were talking about Obamagate earlier, the thing right. that made me remember it is the fact that when given the opportunity to allow unnecessary attacks on President Obama, both of them stopped and said, that's not fair, that's not accurate. I mean, John McCain said, I happen to know that he is a a fine, upstanding American and would be an excellent president should he win. Like, stopped a woman dead in her tracks, repeating some Fox News crap, you know? And the fact that we can't even get a split second of professionalism and decorum from our current president. It's just, it's amazing to me how quickly that all flipped, you know, to go from two guys in McCain and Mitt Romney to nah, screw it. We're just going to go
0: whole hog and go with, go with president Trump. (laughs) I, I, I tell you what, man, it's, I think it's all politics. It has nothing to do with what, because if you look at all the things that people talk about that we need to change in the country, We've said the same stuff for years, like I've heard the same arguments for year after year, every election election cycle. Not a damn thing has changed. I don't care about your politics. I really don't. Like, are you actually going to do it? Yep. You know, have like, you really, done
1: what you said you were going to do? Right. Like, that's what it really boils down to anymore.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't care. About, I mean, like, you may like. You know, I mean, it's we have the same dynamic, right? We may not even agree on. Or we may not see initially eye to eye on tactics, but we can figure out a way to solve something. Because it's not about it's not, but we choose not to elect people to office who understand that.
1: No, we choose to elect you know celebrities and personalities, right? Because that's what that's partly what we've become accustomed to, right? I think you know through this entertainment media is it's not about substance it's just right. about surface and you know i it's it's really frustrating you know and i think it's it makes you wonder if it weren't you know i mean not that the television wouldn't have eventually been invented but i know that was one of those things right like the kennedy nixon election the first one that was televised, and everybody basically said, "Well, that was that what won Kennedy the election was because everybody saw Kennedy on TV, and he's this young, you know, happy-go-lucky, you know, smart-looking guy, and Nixon sweating his balls off over here <laughs> under these hot, heavy lights." And not to say that Nixon was a good guy. I mean, obviously, right. like Nixon had a lot of his own faults. Um, but that whole thing where it became so much about not about what you said even, but just about how you appeared. You know, do you appear confident? Would Would we have elected FDR, right? Guy sitting in a wheelchair if people didn't have to only listen to him on the radio. Right. And, and those are the kinds of things where you just, it, it makes you wonder, have, I mean, maybe not even makes you wonder, it makes you realize like we've gone so far down that path of allowing ourselves to just be, want to be entertained. You know, it's like even in our politics, like it's not about doing what's right for people. It's more about entertainment. It's more about I want to see the stupid debate or, you know, I want to see congressmen wrestling on the floor of, you know, the Senate. And it's like, yeah, no, I'd rather have a little bit of professionalism here and recognize that we could get a whole lot done if we'd stop arguing and just work together to solve these freaking problems. Like
0: when we all have an axe to grind, we get nowhere far. Right. It's like watching our Rand Paul Go after uh, Doctor Fauci, and I was like, "My oh, dude, I first of all, you're an eye doctor. Like, and I'm not a doctor, but you're not. You guys aren't on the same level. That's like, no, don't do that. Yeah, I'm like, my, my dude, come on. You may understand like the levels of science and some things about the human anatomy and biology. That's his day job. Like, you're punching up there, bro, and you're gonna get swiped out. And I was so hyped when Fauci was like." Back, I was like, "That's my dude." You can tell he's from New York. Yeah. So, <laughs> much love there for that. But it even that whole hearing, I watched it because I was interested to see if okay, will Congress, well, can our senators do the right thing and ask the right questions? And I was, the answer is no, no, not not one of the senators. Ex- Again, I'm on the Mitt Romney bandwagon. He asked the right questions and was kind of looking for guidance as to the next steps. So I guess for whatever follow-up they're having. Everybody else including the senator from Vermont baited questions about their own agenda. Uh, Senator Burr, first of all screw that guy. Uh, I mean the fact that the FBI went
1: through a Republican Justice Department and successfully obtained a warrant to get his phone He's on uh, Trump's poop list. Yeah. That's what. Oh, well, no. I mean, I, I'm i well aware, but it's just, I mean, even uh, the fact no. that they're, you know McConnell or somebody else didn't go up to Trump and be like, uh, I know you don't really like him, but it's really <laughs> a bad look if we let this go through because there's probably a lot more stuff on his phone. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. I mean, I'm sure he's got burners and everything. I mean, you know, I've seen an episode of, uh,
0: what you call it, uh. What is that show called? Uh, that was, it was House like of a Cards. Hot, House of Cards. That was the hotness on uh, Netflix. It was.
1: I watched the first couple of seasons, and then, like, I don't know. Kevin Spacey got to be such a creep in that show. I, so, a spoiler alert for the second season of it, for anybody who didn't happen to watch it, like, they're on yeah. like eight seasons now. But yeah. Kevin Spacey, after he is elected vice president or made vice president not even elected but like weasels his way into the vice presidency i he might have even been president at this point i think straight up murders of somebody in a subway like yeah pushes no. her in front of a subway car and <laughs> uh, that was literally the moment where i just was like i can't with this show anymore like <laughs> There's no way. There was another time, like he murdered like the the dude from freaking uh, Ant Man, uh, who was who was like another senator or something oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. He murdered him in his car and then like made it seem like he was drunk driving or whatever. And I was just like, no, like the president wouldn't do that. Like he'd have that freaking stupid ser- Secret Service agent guy or. Even better, some guy that he pays on the side all the time to take care of his problems go do that. He would never do that himself. Like,
0: yeah, gonna ball though, man. Oh,
1: it made me so mad.
0: It was a, it was. I thought it was a great show. I mean,
1: yeah, it was sensational. Yeah, if you know what I mean.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Let's talk about technology.
1: Uh, so how's, uh, work on the new website going?
0: Uh, I'm going to say this for the one millionth time in my life. I hate Docker. Um, <laughs> do you still I, have
1: that picture of the whale on fire?
0: No, I need to find that. You get another I, copy of that.
1: I need to frame yeah. that for you for your birthday.
0: <laughs> I swear. I hate Docker. <laughs> I uh, so we talked about before. We did our site in a using uh, a static site generator, and there's a lot of benefits to that. One, it's pretty fast and highly customizable. So I I really enjoy that part of it. So let me let me go and this might be an old man yelling at the clouds moment. So I'm a Python guy. When I need to, I'll use Java, right? So I'm more of an
1: anaconda guy personally. Because you don't want none unless you got buns on. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Another funny story about Python. Uh, At the place we used to work when I used to have to write articles about Python... I would always type out Python and add a G to the end of it for some reason. <laughs> you
0: got a little bit of freak coming out in you boy. Oh, what can I tell you? Yeah. So, so not that Chris is not capable of like the workflow for a static site, but I was like, well, you no, know, because
1: I, I even proved that I was capable of that early right. on, but I also mentioned at some point that, while I understood the benefits from Andre's standpoint of using a static site and the speed benefits that I could also see where people who only have to generate content on a site would appreciate an interface a la WordPress where you just go in and go create new. I'm going to drag and drop an image in here. I'm going to do this and I'm going to stretch this. It's like, yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. I totally get that. Sorry. Continue. Continue.
0: Yeah, so I was like, all right, because he's saying that, that means like he's really that type of guy. So I was like, let me uh, look at some like CMS ends for static sites. So I found two. So one forestry.io, which has a great interface, love it, and a second one is called a uh, Metafly CMS. Well, both at some level use guess what Docker. Docker! <laughs> bye, bye, yeah. bye.
1: Oh. Shout out to Peter Soloninka.
0: <laughs> Hope you're doing well out in uh Seattle, Washington, Washington Pete. Man. Yeah, no, we I miss you, dude. Um, but anyway, so I, I'm jerking around with this crap and then I'm like having to figure out like, oh, so this is totally using a container based on Ubuntu that's like, I don't know, maybe five um like releases old. <laughs> like you know so i'm like trying to futz around with this and i'm like ah, whatever so i i actually still because it's the challenge now want to see if i can make it work with this prettier ui and i think that be it's kind of cool the other one that works is uh netlify and the it's functional it does what it's supposed to do but when i had to tweak something i had to figure out how to do it in a docker container well you know, as opposed to building a Docker container for this one specific task, I just use one from uh, Docker Hub. Again, I hate Docker. It's just like the little intricacies of things that you don't know why it's not working, but when you look at it, it's like, I have to bind the port. Why do I have to bind the port? This port's exposed. It, should t- it frustrates me. I believe technology, technology should work, like, as intended. I, I don't have time for... It, or just write better documentation that's those those are my frustrations nothing no experience I've had with Docker has been easy peasy It frustrates me. I don't believe
1: not that I can recall a project that you and I have worked on where we've tried to implement Docker for any reason ever being able to do it successfully no. <laughs> because it in and again, or I should clarify not due to any like you know lack of knowledge or you know lack of effort on our part, but simply because what it's supposed to do, it doesn't do as simply as it claims to do it. <laughs> 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 and yeah, if I want to spend all day configuring containers and, you know, binding ports and doing all that stuff. Okay, sure, but, I mean, ultimately, what it really boils down to is it's another one of those cases where somebody develops a technology for a very specific application or use case, and somebody else went, wow, I could use that over here, and then somebody else went, oh, that's really cool, I mean, it's really overkill, but I'm going to put that over here because, man, wouldn't it be cool? Then I can say, oh, check this out, I'm running containers, and somebody will go, what's a container? And I can go, you don't know what a container is? And I'm sorry, that becomes that whole freaking Dev community and after spending so many years working in that environment where it's literally like oh what's the latest technology that's what we have to use because otherwise I don't sound like I know what I'm talking about well it's literally the best thing we could ever do. Well, Everybody it seems else totally unnecessary. Why are we <laughs> stacking 15 different frameworks on top of each other? Well, because the first one does this, and the second one does this, and the third one breaks both of those, so you need the fourth one to fix that. <laughs> But it's cool because the fifth one we put on top, we just went inside and completely rewrote how the framework's supposed to work. We yeah, hacked we it.
0: Removed, we removed it.
1: <laughs> yeah, we literally we took apart the framework and put it back together with no framework in place whatsoever.
0: What a waste of time. And I and I love I love developers, but I swear, like if you're talking I've not encountered a lot of efficient developers and or or I think it's this shiny new toy thing. So I'm looking at all these. Case in point, because I get challenged by something not working, I want it to work. I believe it should work. I'm like, okay, maybe I chose the wrong static site generator. I love Python, so I'm probably going to pick a Python generator. So maybe I'm not, you know, hip right now, right? I'm looking at all the popular ones and blah, blah, blah. And I started to notice the same thing I noticed every other time. You guys chase some fads, yo. Like you will spend all this time... And I start to look at the feedback. It's like, oh, it's difficult to do this. But I'm really, let's say I'm a Java developer and I didn't really, I had to learn Ruby now or I had to learn this new, uh, I had to learn Vue.js or I had to learn React. I'm like, why the hell would you put yourself through that? Yeah. Instead of just learning how to do it in Java. Yeah. Like the latest and greatest may not be be there like next year, you know? Like I, I find it very interesting that And I see it all the time with, like, I remember back in the day, I was an early Apple user, right? I remember family members giving me crap because I wasn't using Windows. Oh, you just bought one of those hot ride fancy boy computers, blah, blah, blah. Guess what? Everybody I know now, for the most part, has got an iOS device. And everybody right now I know is drooling over a MacBook or some other crap or an iPad. I'm like, you guys are late to the game. Like, you're not, like, I've known it was a good company. But my decisions about how I use technology aren't based on, like, it's based on use case. It's based on what I want to get out of of the device or technology.
1: Right. Uh, It's not about what's in the headlines. And I think it's interesting because developers are often viewed as this very skeptical group, right? But I think it's like they lose all skepticism when it comes to new technologies or new platforms or new frameworks. It's like... and I, you're right, like, it's very rare that you find a, a very efficient, I think, developer, you know? And I think there's a couple of reasons. One, they're not really incentivized to be efficient, you know? It's not about lines of code correctly written or, you know, <laughs> <laughs> something like that. <laughs> How many, you know, like, it's it ultimately just, like, show up and do your job, right? right. And then... I mean, how often is a project initially slated for, you know, six months and three months in? It's like, well, this is the scope of this project has now increased to the point where this is going to be three years before we're done with this. And so it's there's no need to be efficient. Right. It's like you're almost incentivized to not be efficient, to just take your sweet time. And what's less efficient than just stacking things on top of each other that ultimately don't work. So you have to spend all your time figuring out how to get them to work together.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I don't have time for that. Yeah. I, it's, I I couldn't do that. Like that, that just, that blows my mind. I, I, I'm sure there is a use case for Docker. If you have like if for example, my hosting provider for my servers, right. For Mm -hmm. my cloud servers, Docker makes perfect sense there. But guess what? I don't have to do. Like, I mean, it's a, It is technically, well, it's a cloud VM, right? Right. That's where it makes the most sense. Well, and that's
1: where, I mean, yeah, like cloud computing is one of the areas where I think, you know, doing like these containers where then you have a virtual machine that's stored inside of that that can run and you have banks and banks of computers in the cloud computing and all this stuff that are connected together. Yeah. Okay, great. You found an actual use case for Docker. Like, here's your gold medal. Like... Or your Nobel uh, Prize. I don't know what.
0: (laughs) But outside of that, and I think even SaaS providers that provide these tools should realize that. It's like, hey, the least we should do is not depend on the, you know, said developer to configure this part of it. If we know that we're going to, the only way to interface is with this, we should have a vanilla layout. Good to go. Yep. That's. I personally feel like as a business owner, that would be my responsibility. I wouldn't depend on the end user to figure. Even though, even if they are developers, I wouldn't depend on them to do that. Sure. Or I would at least spin up a couple, or at least have a few options to cover the gambit of what in you know what environment you may need. Have that ready to deploy.
1: But that's so. again, right? These things aren't built with that in mind. I don't, You're right. I don't think. I mean, in my experience, they are built for a very specific use case where somebody develops an internal and then somebody recognizes the potential value of that to sell it externally. And so then they go back and they try to make some generic modifications to it or it's, you know, it's an open source community that's working on it. And so it's just kind of, I mean, I don't want to, Say hack together, but I mean it's a bunch of guys working together who aren't really necessarily coordinating on this, and so a lot of the times it's a hot rod in that you're slapping together the best parts that you can find from different pieces and hoping that they all work together. But guess what? Your wiring harness isn't built to support the amount of electricity you need to fire a V16, right? Like you didn't think about that, (laughs) and so like those are the kinds of things that I think you, you miss out on in those situations. But there's, I don't feel like there's as much, you know, like really great in-house software development occurring these days. It's just a lot of, it, to me, it seems like it's just a
0: lot of crap. I, I'll tell you, I saw this news clip from a guy that worked at, uh, for the University of California system. And apparently there is this new thing where companies and universities also, are taking advantage of the H one B one v- visas, mm-hmm. right? So there was a lot of conversation about we need more engineers. We need more engineers, and this is going to be two parts. It's cheaper to import that work because the rem- the work is remote from India or somewhere in uh, Eastern Europe right now. That Poland's a new like hotspot. Romania's uh, been
1: hopping off for a while.
0: Yeah, South America. So you can get the work done cheaper. And guess what? Now you've displaced American developers stateside.
1: Now who took your jobs?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Touche, right? And so now I'm going to tie this back to COVID-19. Twitter has stated that all their employees, can they have the option to work from home forever. And there was somebody else. Uh, I want to say it was slack or somebody i I don't remember no it wasn't tesla no <laughs> <laughs> gosh God, i would love to talk to him one day just to ask him some clarifying that questions
1: is... i mean you know i think a lot of the times right like there's kind of a fine line between brilliance and madman like yeah you know and i think he's kind of a good example of that like He's got some good ideas here and there, but I think there's a lot of the crazy that comes through a lot of the time, especially yeah. when he spends time on Twitter. Like, that dude just needs to get off Twitter. Stop. Everybody
0: does. I mean, yeah, everybody needs to get off social media. Stop it. So with the... With people look... At, so I think that Twitter is like... in CNBC actually, or somebody did an article on this also, that it's going to change the way that companies are probably going to handle... like. Jobs work doesn't have to necessarily physically be in an office, right? Yeah. So that, that may become the new norm. Well, here's the problem. Let's say I presently live in New York, but, and the article actually stated this, which, which made a lot of sense, but I'm looking for a developer, and my office is in New York, but I see a developer in, in Raleigh, North Carolina, mm-hmm. which is a you know, I can offer this, get the same job done for less money from a person that lives in a place that's cheaper to live.
1: Sure. Cost of living alone, right? Like that, that difference is going to save you a significant
0: amount. Yep. So if we start to see a pivot with a lot of, there are, and it's not just the tech field or it's not just developers. Right. That can that can work remotely. There's a lot of people that can work remotely. I
1: think most places are finding and most people are finding that they can be just as effective, if not more effective, working from home.
0: Yep. So if you start to see, if we start to see a pivot in how people report to work, the 36 million jobs that are unemployed or yeah. claim unemployment. it's not getting any better. and On top of everything else, we have to watch a pivot in the average salary because you're no longer competing with your your in-state neighbors. Right, you're competing with the entire country. Yep,
1: And then, I mean, essentially the entire globe at that point. And then it's just a matter of time zone difference that you're willing to tolerate. And, I mean, I'll tell you from my personal experience, because I work with a team, with multiple teams of people that are located in Hong Kong and Shenzhen that A 12-hour time difference is not insurmountable. In fact, in some cases, it's actually really great because I go to bed and they start answering questions that I got since the last time I talked to them. And then I wake up and I can answer questions while they're sleeping. And you basically have 24-hour coverage in that regard. So, I mean, I think there's – and that's – you know that's just part of this you know uh, what technology brings right is the ability for us to make to make the world a smaller place in that in that specific ac- aspect you know that we can i think we can provide a better service but it's it really boils down to the companies that are able to figure out how to do it right you know i think the companies that that basically eliminate everybody in the u s and move all of their jobs offshore or you know like or or headquarters in New York, but their entire development team is remote from other places throughout the country, right. like there's gonna be
0: some negative
1: lashback or you know something like that um that that that'll end up occurring but
0: we'll see I'm not hoping for it, but i'm gonna I'm gonna place money that we're gonna see a a, a big shift in what that looks like. We're going to see salaries go down. In my opinion, I think that's going to be a result of that. Um, and we may see a lot of people flood to places where it's cheaper to live.
1: Right. I mean, you know, I think that's the other thing you may see is, uh, a lot of people start to move. It'll be interesting to see what happens with the housing market. Cause I know that, um, property values have been hit hard, you know, in certain right. areas, uh, already. um, and you know does that ultimately lead to people moving to you know places like like leaving New York to move to a place like North Carolina because property values are down cost of living is much lower and now they're able to work remotely and don't have to ever go into the office right like right. is so does that does then the the real estate economy almost become you know national right or the the real estate market and less less regional in that regard because now you're getting i mean and that's that's been happening for years. You know, I think last time um, we talked briefly about my experience with Southern Californians. And that was essentially what happened there where you had all of the money was congregated in Southern California, but they started running out of property. Right. There wasn't places to buy or it, you couldn't afford to live there anymore. Right. Like property values, taxes and everything got so high or you could sell for so much. Right. That you were like, well, I'd be a fool not to sell the house that I bought 10 years ago for 150000 for 1. $1.5 now, right? Just because <laughs> some idiot wants to pay me that so he can build his McMansion on top of my property. Right. Well, what do I do with that 1500000 I can't. million? I'm not going to buy something else down here because that's ridiculous. I can move 10 hours north where the weather is about the same and I don't have quite as quick access to the beach, but San Francisco is there and that's not a bad place. And I can build a house for half a million and pocket the other million And my house is 10 times bigger than the little tiny ranch that I was living in before. Right. And so then you start getting all of these gated, you know, golf course clubhouse communities that are popping up left and right. And soon enough, that's the only thing that's there. And they take over the entire. I mean, it's literally like countryside gentrification at that point.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But then you repeat the same cycle. But then, it, you know, now you've got California and the, the heavily populated counties with a high homeless rate. Yep. So, so then that's going to start bringing property values down, which ultimately is
1: just going to start the whole thing over again.
0: Right. So there, I mean, there's a lot of like, I think COVID-19 is probably going to uh, have some long-term ill effects on our economy and not just the way that people think, you know, I, I read a stat that 40% of all the restaurants that close will not open again. Yep. Um, and you know, We've talked about that a million times, but, you know, I think that the reshaping of our, our marketplace, not I'm not going to say economy anymore, the shaping of our marketplace is going to be a big challenge, and I don't think we're really prepared for that, yeah. and the, that when the marketplace changes, it's not just what, you know, affects you and I. It's the people that are attached to those goods and services, and I don't think, I really do not think, I do not believe, I'm going to go on record saying on May 20th of 2020, We are not prepared for that. We're about to see like I do believe the marketplace is going to change so dramatically that it's going to be mind blowing. Totally. Like because oh eight and oh nine, that was just like I think that was just like a that
1: was like a practice run. (laughs) (laughs) Let's put it that way. Yeah. I think you're
0: absolutely right. This is like game time. We had like ten years to prep and we we were we were playing Xbox.
1: Well, we did write a 69-page plan, but somebody decided that that was going to make better
0: um, firewood.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I really appreciate you guys hanging out. We both appreciate you guys hanging out with That's us. That's not
1: true. Andre appreciates it way more than I do. If I appreciated it, I'd be up editing all these old episodes. He said it. Not me, but it's
0: still true. Uh, For
1: those of you that haven't been completely inundated with the subliminal messages that I've been placing, please be sure to visit chrisandandre.com or chrisandandreshow.com. Look, I can't even get that right. I'm going to edit that out. For those of you that haven't been already inundated with the subliminal messages I've placed secretly throughout this entire podcast, please be sure to visit chrisandandreshow.com. That's
0: chrisandandreshow.com. That, well, he's such a guy right there. That was like so funny. Um that will be our new home. We're still gonna host our, our content wherever we host it, but that's gonna be the new hub. And you know, we'll probably check in and out of social media. But would you say that it's the hub
1: where people could find answers about our show?
0: But they'll actually work. Oh. I don't uh. <laughs> so um We'll definitely keep that updated. And I, I will tell you again, I know I said it earlier, I I like to share some of my rambling. So I, I may touch a topic here on, on our show, but I'll start thinking about it and then I'll have a chance to put some more context around it. So if you really want to follow like some of my thoughts, please do. And if you have comments, I know some people don't like to leave comments on uh, like like, I don't know, emails or whatever. We have a contact form there where we'll definitely respond back to that stuff if you have show ideas or tips or anything you like to hear from us.
1: Yeah, if you want to call us names, we'll definitely get into a Twitter war. Um, We are both huge fans of garbage convent threads on social media, so we are fully looking forward to the day that we strike the nerve that actually sets off one of those uh, about our own
0: show. (laughs) <laughs> yeah can't wait can't wait so we really do appreciate it again and uh, thank you to all of our listeners of our episodes and I'm going to do take another dig at Chris here one more time you're probably going to get the, the the gift of a lot of episodes at one time <laughs> I mean
1: you'll be lucky if you get one at this point like I got three after we finish this one up that are going to be in the backlog but uh, I mean one is one is in the is locked and loaded in the editing chamber. It just hasn't uh Good Lord. hasn't made it out yet. Yeah, I know. That's uh I really thought I was gonna have time last week and then the days got away from me. It's amazing how much time you have to spend with a six year old doing uh remote learning. Um and then when that six year old decides that, you know, the lessons of thou shalt not lie, uh <laughs> Don't really seem to be setting in and you have to spend uh, like multiple half hour conversations trying to just reinforce with them this idea that, you know, I might not be happy with what you tell me when you tell me the truth, but I guarantee it's not going to be as bad as what I find out you lied to me. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Poor guy. Well, the good news is hopefully when we get a phase two or phase three, we can probably meet for lunch at some point. And, yeah, uh, that
1: would be great. And, you know, I mean, summer camps are supposed to open up, um, I think, mid, mid-June. mid um, okay. So you can, you can bet that um, if she doesn't get signed up for one of those around <laughs> here, she'll be uh, spending some time at uh, the summer camp I call Grandma and Grandpa's house down at the beach. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs>
0: Well, ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate it. And uh, as always, we hope that you uh, keep listening and give us some feedback. I'm Andre. And I'm Chris. And we'll talk to you soon. Maybe.
1: I don't know how soon it'll be. In yoga, they call different positions poses. Does that make people who do yoga posers?